0: Welcome to the Ryan Holtz Show. On this show, you can expect the latest, the greatest, and the best curated content on business, marketing, automotive, and lifestyle. Sit back, put in your earplugs, and let's enjoy the ride. Now, as always, I want to make sure you get the best in content that will help you monster your goals, both personally and professionally. I want to keep this conversation going, so please check me out on Twitter, Instagram, and Periscope at Holtz One. And then go over to facebook.com forward slash Ryan Holtz Marketing and we can chat there too. I also want you to visit www.ryanholtz.ca as this will be where I put my almighty beloved show notes. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I am proud to bring you the Ryan Holtz Show. Let the beat drop and Enjoy. Welcome to a special edition of the Ryan Show podcast. Uh, it is the city of Edmonton 2017 election. Eli Schrader, Ward 8, city councillor, candidate, hopeful, is my amazing guest. And we're just going to have a conversation. Uh, if you guys have any questions, you can reach out to him at the end of the show. This show will be available on iTunes, Google, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Eli, welcome to the show
1: thanks for having me ryan appreciate being here
0: perfect so are you the guy that has like a winnebago rv that is uh like decked out on the side my own sister actually messaged me about you before i even knew you or your sister or anything uh, how this came into fruition what was the what's been the story behind the uh The the Winnebago and the RV. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. So uh, that's our uh, official
0: campaign headquarters. So uh, we call that
1: Gus the Game-Changing Bus. Okay. And uh, uh, that's where we host all of our meetings and everything. So actually, where the idea came from is that uh, we knew that we needed a campaign office Yep. And at the same sense, very big piece of the whole campaign is that we want to make sure that uh, uh, we're very much accessible yep. to the community that we're wanting to represent, that we want to connect with. Yep. So I thought, hey, you know what? No brainer. Why don't we start looking at something a little bit more mobile? Okay. Why don't we find something that uh, um, we can definitely get a good kind of graphic at the same sense? More than importantly, get uh, some of our marketing pieces up there. And uh, we lucked out. We found something online in Kijiji, and the gentleman was very much interested and wanting to support us and okay. all that. So we
0: were able to
1: uh, get that guy. And uh, yeah, before we knew it, in a week's turnaround, we had the thing picked up. We had it formatted into our campaign office. Yeah. Uh, we had a group that helped out with a whole marketing branding on the side. Yeah. And now uh, anytime we go door knocking, anytime we're in the community, we make sure that uh, our constituents, our citizens know And like I said, anytime you see it, by all means, come knock on the door. We always have uh, fresh coffee brewing. We got a popcorn machine in there now. Brilliant. We've been going to different uh, events. And that's the biggest thing with Ward 8 as well. Uh, It's a fantastic ward because it has so many great events that go on through it and talking with citizens you know that's one of the biggest things they love about edmonton it's just how many different activities there are going throughout uh, edmonton and with with ward eight there's so many so we get to go and bring gus with us we go down there we talk with people yeah we get them to take photos with gus we've got a little bit of a competition or not competition uh, um, uh, kind of an awareness piece as well like if you take photo with gus you share it you get entered into a draw <laughs> to, to win <laughs> li- some united Central i like this gift so, i like this yeah we wanted to uh, like i said at the same time we're, our whole campaign is also not only engagement, but representing change in how we want to do our democratic. So process. just to
0: rewind this, you're basically like the food truck of like election <laughs> headquarters, exactly type yeah, municipal yeah. election format. I really, yeah. I really dig that. I like yeah. that. You know what? It, it is all about being different. It's all about standing out. Kind of bringing some innovation. So, uh, if City of Edmonton preaches small business, mm. they're they're always talking about we want business people coming in. We want, uh, you know, obviously there's the, the latest thing about Amazon looking mm. for a second head office. Um, you know, City of Edmonton's always preaching, hey, we want small business, we want small business. How come when people, you know, they, they get incorporated for their business through the p- provincial government, but how come, even for me, like, how come the City of Edmonton never sent me out a letter saying, hey, Ryan, you know, really happy you open up a business, thank you so much. They They offer little things like Business Link and little resources for small business people, but as a business person and a local Edmontonian and kind of the, the whole motivation for this podcast was, I just want to kind of say, you know, I want to talk more from, I don't want to have any formatted media discussion. I just really want to have a real conversation with you. Mm-hmm. But how, you know, if, if we're really preaching, we want small business. When people actually open up their business in Edmonton, how come we don't actually just send them like a welcome letter saying, yo, I hope it's successful. Or like a text or like a phone call, you know, something completely non-political, but like, we just really appreciate you choosing our city to do business in.
1: Well, of course. So why not make it a little bit more welcoming and and almost encouraging? It sounds like in the same
0: sense, right? One hundred percent. And yeah. it's per, it's per, it's a personalized brand. So you know, if I'm Jeff Bezos at Amazon and and Don Iverson comes and says, "Hey, I want you to come and open up shop in my city," well, Jeff Bezos has made a, a massive company based on personalizing people's customer experiences mm-hmm. through shopping online, ultimately destroying some big box stores as we know it. Mm-hmm. So if I'm Jeff Bezos, I'm going to say, you know, Eli. Um, What are you guys doing at the city of Edmonton that, you know, reflects why Amazon should come? What would you say? Well...
1: Sorry, just to back up for sure. one piece as well. Sure. Um, uh, I'm also a small business owner, uh, just recent last couple of years in uh, public engagement, mediation, consensus building, all for the purposes of knowing that I was going to run for council yeah. uh, and starting to, to plan. So, at the same sense, yeah, I would have loved at the same time uh, to receive some kind of verification and acknowledgement, more, more than anything, support. Um, and I think that's the biggest thing that our city um, can improve on. Kay. Is how do we want to support citizens in any kind of their uh, aspirations, their passions, their interests when we're wanting to together develop the city? And there is such a wealth of talent yeah. as well as information that yeah. our citizens have here. Yeah. And I feel that um, we can do a far better job in how we want to support them when they're wanting to truly not only shape our city but improve it. 100%. And uh, how do we want to go about whether that be that customer experience or uh, um, whether it be small business grants and, and continuing to develop on those pieces. However it is that we can support local uh, innovators to really kind of make their mark in Edmonton and help develop this uh, fantastic city
0: 100% and I think that and you still work at the Bissell Center? no so or you uh, used to work okay
1: I, I uh, was prior also leading up to okay. election I had uh, uh, currently four different roles that okay. I was doing okay yeah, yeah and yeah. Uh, as of mid-July I took a leave from all of them Okay. and uh, to strictly focus in on the campaign but okay. uh, yeah but Bissell Center was one of my
0: main uh, well thing I like about Bissell Center is uh, you know A. The, what they do um it, Non-profit organization. Uh, I like people who kind of work in nonprofits in this, some senses, just because I feel like you guys are more grittier. Um, you're trying to stretch that extra dollar. Um, you have no money to work with, so you're trying to create everything off of nothing. Yeah. Um, and you're also, you know, coming up with really cool, creative marketing campaigns to really appeal um, to the customer. Uh, this is a true story. Um, and his name is, uh, is it Devin? Devin? Oh, is yeah, it the, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Devin. So Devin and I came up with a, a, a program called the drop your gaunch campaign. Mm. And it was basically, um, you know, the intake for male underwear was at a low and people started laughing, but I kind of thought about, it. I'm like, yeah, if I was to drop off clothes, would I drop off underwear? It's just something you like, you just do coats and things like that. Yeah. Anyways, this drop your gaunch campaign was really good, but that was kind of my, you know, taken to the Bissell Center. That being said, what skills do you think you learn at the Bissell Center in the nonprofit sector that would carry over? Uh, should you be elected in uh, in your ward?
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I, I'd say two major pieces, and I'll go back to where you've talked about how being in the nonprofit sector how you do need to kind of stretch that dollar. Yep. And 100%, I never think the answer is to throw more money at anything. Sure. I think sure. the answer, yeah. I, not because yeah. we've ever had the opportunity either, but yeah. just because yeah. I think that you need to effectively plan and make sure that you're being as fiscally responsible as possible for any dollar that comes through the door. Sure. And making sure that uh, you're using it most effectively. And that's even part of with Gus too. You know, we uh, we killed a couple birds with uh, uh, just one stone with the mm. campaign office, making it mobile so we can connect with constituents. And and at the same time, making it a unique marketing idea. Absolutely. And so that definitely kind of shows that, you know, that's definitely where this campaign at is we want to be as effective as possible and in the same sense, be very much uh, respectful with the money that we're utilizing. Absolutely. Um, and so that's one big piece that I think that you need to carry forward when you're going to be an elected official is that um, when talking to constituents at the doors, how we effectively manage tax dollars is one of the biggest pieces that are on How many money. doors have you knocked on? Oh, that is a good question. So roughly, uh, to roughly, the
0: near to the nearest hundredth, nearest hundredth. Yeah, uh,
1: <laughs> you know what? So I'd say I'm probably really started going at her in beginning of August. So I'm I'm saying with myself, good three four thousand, nowhere near enough, but That's uh, okay. um, definitely yeah, gonna continue to push more and more. So it,
0: well, some arguably would say the last ten days in a campaign is, is the maker is the make or break yeah. break time. Everybody has a different philosophy on that. It, we live in Edmonton uh, I'm not biased in the sense of marketing that's what I do for a living but mm-hmm. when I travel abroad or you know even on my Instagram I like to claim myself as a global citizen because yep. I feel like I, I was born in Edmonton but I love the world I feel that every time I take a trip it helps me personally and professionally mm-hmm. but every time I go to another country uh, they always say you know it's a natural question like where are you from? I'm like I'm from Canada and they're like in Toronto? I'm like no Vancouver? No Like Montreal? No. Calgary? Calgary? No. I'm like, I'm three hours north of Calgary. Do you feel Edmonton is marketed well?
1: You know, I think there's a lot of pieces with Edmonton that um, people outside of Alberta really don't know about. And I think there are so many still assets here in the city that, um, yeah, we could definitely expand on. You know, one of the biggest ones is around, uh, um, so I live in Cloverdale in Edmonton. Okay, yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah. Um, Accidental I'm, beach. Exactly. <laughs> you know, that's been one of the biggest pieces that's been talked about. And just the fact that uh, that thing without almost any promotion really, well, it went through our, our our newspapers and whatnot, but how rapidly it definitely picked up. And the fact that there was no events or anything down there, people just took upon themselves and just really utilized that space. You know, given the fact that me being a resident, I also saw the huge intake in traffic and use and whatnot. Um, first, I would say that, you know, our River Valley, we have such a beautiful area there. And I think that there's opportunity to find some kind of balance between use, using it mm-hmm. more at the same sense, allowing citizens to kind of come down and experience it. while at the same time, allowing for people that permanently live in those areas mm-hmm. um, have, uh, um, you know, it doesn't affect their also quality of life down there either. So uh, finding that balance, so I guess long story short, is there's a lot of pieces here in Edmonton that I do think that are um, not out there as much as they could be. Mm-hmm. And we have so many great pieces that, yes, I think that we could expand on how we want to let the world know mm-hmm. about Edmonton.
0: Marketing is all about one sound, one voice. Inclusiv- inclusivity, you know, it's all about, you know, culture, culture is a huge word. Culture to me is always, you know does you know, ethnicity is only one aspect of culture. Culture to me is, you know, taking pride in your city, you know, liking White Ave, liking Strathcona, maybe you're an arts person, maybe you're a business person. These things, to me, all contribute to culture. I think with Edmonton, if we you talk about the River Valley and certain things... I feel like sometimes with Edmonton, we have several different voices, but maybe we're not being marketed as one sound. Mm. Um, The new logo that they came out with Edmonton that I I think they paid like $2 million for Mm -hmm. looks like a ripoff of the McLean's magazine. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, you you know how many talented graphic designers there are in the world? And this is what we came up with. So how, when you sit there, people say, have all these ideas and things like that. And I always say like ideas are fantastic, but it's like the book that was never written. So execution is everything. Mm -hmm. So when you're sitting in that chair... It's not just you making the decision. You're part of the decision. How are you going to bring your fresh ideas, stay with your mandate, but then still deal with the frustrations of your other counselors are just not going to agree with you on certain things. That's just how politics work. What do you have in place that's going to keep you grounded, keep you real, keep you authentic, but still keep you on point to your original mandate in which your constituents may or may not elect you for?
1: Right, right. So, um... Two pieces that I think a political representative um, responsibilities are, two aspects, is how well they listen to their constituents and yeah. how well they manage those tax dollars. So the second piece, and just to back up as well from when you asked me what else I've learned from that nonprofit sector, yeah. um, is the how do you effectively measure and qualify or quantify um, mass amounts of data when working with individuals mm. in that vulnerable sector. Mm. And how do you organize that information so that going forward you have effective data to inform your decision? Mm. So part of our campaign and, and part of the process in the last two years of what I've worked on to develop with another group is an online software that allows for mm. us to collect large amounts of information to be able to create effective uh, understanding of what's going on mm. within the world, how to organize those inputs. So when in going forward, we actually have informed decision-making practices and a very much transparent process that shows, all right, well, Eli's um, in favor of this piece because he's had these conversations with X amount of uh, people in the ward. Sure. And so that's the whole premise of how our uh, uh, campaign's also built. My own platform is mm. built is off of a very grassroots approach of saying, you know what, I want to not only talk to you, I want to listen mm-hmm. to you, but also how do we utilize this information going forward that we're making more long term sustainable choices?
0: Well you're basically creating an algorithm for organized chaos. Exactly. It's coming from the nonprofit sector. Yep. Yeah. I mean the only thing you know is kind of like organized chaos because there's nothing formatted there because you're all the variables you're dealing with, they're just they're just I think they're they're amazing, they're rewarding, they're challenging. Definitely not for everybody. Mm. If you're looking to work in like a bank or something, like yeah, don't yeah. go nonprofit because yeah. it's like you might be like putting clothes in one day, like all hands on deck. Yeah. Which I like that, you know, it's even we you know, we're sitting here at Sterling Real Estate. Shout out to Sterling for letting us use his boardroom. But, you know, this morning he owns a huge brokerage and he's the one taking out garbage. Mm-hmm. Yep. Just kind of, you know, so you do what you got to do. Um, really good answer. Uh, how do you how would you want to see taxpayers money spent? But not in the not in the sense that it's a very generic question, I think. But I mean, when we look at, um, you know, huge, th- huge topics and you can pick one off as you will. Walterdale Bridge right Mm -hmm. okay uh accidental beach with residents down there holy Mm -hmm. smokes they're upset about that Uh, i have a friend on my facebook who's posting that she had to put like a little private property sign Mm -hmm. and there's like you know trash and everything heaping out um walterdale bridge and picnic tables on jasper ave yeah and bike lanes yeah so have at it. <laughs> <laughs> so let's start uh, with Walterdale bridge. Yeah, yeah. Walterdale bridge was big because I, they contracted out lo, not locally yeah. to actually do this bridge. Right. And arguably did we need a bridge? Yeah. Maybe we could have refurbished one yeah. and fix some of the potholes, but yeah. I could go
1: on. Of course. Okay. So with any one of these projects, um, my biggest pushback is always where did these ideas come from and why did they get pushed through? So, uh, my thought of a how we want to do actual planning starts with talking with constituents and finding mm. out what it is from their point of view that actually their city needs to be changed or, or how it should be uh, maintained or anything like that. But it really needs to start with that grassroots approach first before we're coming with any kind of ideas, mm. you know, with the, the picnic tables on Jasper, with the bike lanes. Um, and just overall communication. It's one day they're not there, then one day all of a sudden they're there, and uh, you know I'm trying to uh, drive a Winnebago around, and not hit uh, pedestrians or bikers or anything like that. Well, not so. to mention,
0: like ask a city of Edmonton bus driver, mm-hmm. like that's tough. Of course, Jasper's already a like I, I think we already have a lot of traffic for for the road capacity. But anyways, go ahead. So.
1: With all of these pieces, the biggest uh, root cause when also coming back to that nonprofit, is how do we make the best bang for our buck? Yeah. And uh, when you do effective engagement, in my mind, that is research and that yeah. is planning. Yeah. And so then how do you start looking for long-term plans with gathering information not only from stakeholders, from experts, from citizens? How do you lay out a plan that's not only going to work within that neighborhood, but within a city? Mm. And then how do you start putting resources behind that At the same time, how do you make sure that you're being held accountable when you're wanting to implement any kind of project that it's on time and within budget? Mm. And there's no reason it can't be. We Mm. see so many of these different private projects that happen throughout the city that are either coming in under budget Mm. or uh, on time.
0: Mm. So being being a person who is, you know, and it's younger, so to speak, Mm -hmm. um, do you feel that, you know, and we always say we talk about millennials and, you know, I did a little video on millennials because everybody, all the marketing people are talking about millennials and millennials are taking over. And, yeah. you know, I like to say, like, yeah, listen, a millennial and a Gen X and Gen Y, we're all people. Mm-hmm. However, you right off the hop, you mentioned technology into your mandate, you know, figuring out having a piece of software, having an algorithm to basically, you know, give you more educated data. I didn't hear that from any other people today. Mm-hmm. But so to me right away, it it, clu- it makes me clue in and say, Technology for him is a big thing, maybe in his life personally, whether it's social media or anything. How does technology fall into your mandate? But furthermore, for everyone your age and maybe below, our expectation, my expectation is like when you're communicating with me as the city of Edmonton, mm-hmm. don't send me out mail. Mm-hmm. I don't read. I don't yeah. even know what to read. Send me out a Snapchat <laughs> video, send me yeah. out an Instagram video. Yeah. Like we're the information is so quick and so fast. For you, when you see technology, how does it apply to your mandate? And how do you think it would maybe affect as you're sitting in that chair? Yeah, yeah. So the biggest
1: push also with our technology is that um, any form of engagement, we want to make sure that it is as accessible as possible. And so that's where um, creating an online software that allows for us to collect information makes it easy for those you know, uh, parents that don't have time to make it to the open houses that uh, you know, they can't partake on mm. the, uh, uh, in-person, uh, roundtable discussions. It allows for them at any time that's convenient for them to still allow to contribute to how they want their city to go. Yep. Now... Uh, um, being young and whatnot, uh, call me old-fashioned, I still believe, though, in that face-to-face interaction as much as possible. And uh, that's where I truly uh, am most, most effective when being able to listen. I still think there's roles for those uh, different engagement avenues to play. But I think when we're wanting to connect with citizens, we need to make sure that there's a variety and a diverse uh, methods mm. to be able to do so, mm. ensuring that we're able to collect a very, once again, diverse population or Mm. input because that's also how you plan is you Mm. need to have multiple inputs Mm. uh, from very multiple uh, perspectives Mm. in order to ensure that whatever you want to be able to put forward is going to be very thorough and very thought out in order once again to make sure that tax dollars are being spent most appropriately
0: so amazon amazon big topic right people are you know amazon saying hey we want a second headquarters and that would be massive yeah um, obviously, other cities are going to go bid on it, you know, in mm-hmm. Canada. Um, that comes onto your guys' plate. So I know the mayor said, hey, we're going to put in our bid. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I think when you're dealing with a company like Amazon, I mean, you just can't put in, like, that standard bid. Mm-hmm. I mean, they haven't rolled, like, the way they've rolled their business since the time of inception was everything but, like, a normal business, which yeah, yeah. is why they are where they are. Mm-hmm. So you guys collectively, let's say your city council, what would be your input or your suggestions when going for this bid to actually make it where it's like this is gonna be like at least remarkable where they're actually gonna like take a look at us. Mm -hmm. How how can Eli contribute to that?
1: Right, I think where we have to start is where our current business community is at and I think that it's important that we uh, um, as counselors rely on those people that have that expertise knowledge and saying you know what is Amazon, setting up their next headquarters, Mm, something that's going mm. to be beneficial to Edmonton? Is it going to be beneficial? You talk about small business prior to, is that going to be something that really we're going to want to rely on as a city that's going to help continue to develop Edmonton in that direction we want to go? So as always, my opinion is that who are and how do we rally the most um, um, passionate and educated minds, knowledgeable people around some of these subject matters? Putting in a bid is easy to do, but you know uh, I think that you need with any kind of these actions, show me where the information is, show me where that data mm. is, and the reason behind doing so. And then let's make sure that if we are going to go forward with something like that, it's going to benefit and come from that perspective of the citizen.
0: What do you think makes you different from some of the other running mates? Uh, I'd say the
1: biggest piece is that, uh, I believe in politics, uh, or in any facet of my life is that you demonstrate what you're wanting to do through your actions. Okay. And, uh, like I said, through politics, a lot of time we get so hung up on words and, uh, um, saying we're going to do something and then the follow through sometimes. Mm, lacks. True. So I guess the biggest thing is what I would want to say is how I try to demonstrate myself, um, in action saying, you know what? When I tell people that I want to take or, or change the way our government listens to citizens, they say, yeah, so, of course, we've heard that before. So what actions have I taken thus far to show that, you know, I actually mean what I say? Yeah. Well, like I said to you, I've uh, opened up a small business uh, only for the purposes of running for this campaign in order for me to be... Uh, um, trained and allow myself to effectively engage with citizens through practices of mediation consensus building. I've spent better part of two years developing an online tool that allows me to collect and aggregate this information. Mm. And I've, uh, um, Built an actual platform that is you you can see the the data as it's live, as it's coming in, that truly shows, you know what, any decision that I want to represent our platform and more and more topics are coming around, that transportation, that densification aspects, how tax dollars are being spent, you can see the direct connection between how if you're going to get engaged, how is that information mm. going to be used?
0: What do you say to what do you say to the constituent that says, Eli? I'm not a technology person. I don't care about the software. Yeah, yeah. Just what the hell do you say to them? Eli, explain to me how this benefits me. What do you say to them?
1: I say that uh, um, that's completely fine. So still, even if they're not tech uh, or they're not interested in that that online tool, which is completely fine. We're still able to collect their information, mm-hmm. and that's when it's important. When I'm doing door knocking, we're able to collect down that information and still utilize yep. it and put it into those tools. So once again, wanting to make it sure that the experience is as uh, accessible as possible, and when you come to those face to face opportunities, you're still collecting that data and using it effectively. But they just you know may want to do it in person rather than log into a computer
0: screen, which is completely fine. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, is there anything you want to say? I'm gonna, I'm, we're going to get into a fire round because I think it kind of brings a little bit personal there yeah, yeah. but just in terms of your mandate i mean you know the the common questions are like why are you running and you know what's the motivation but deep down like what why are you running like why are you even putting your name out and is there was there something that was going on in your word where you said i just simply can do it better
1: yeah um i wouldn't say it's uh it goes right down into the ward. i uh i I want to change the way government makes decisions, and I want to be able to change the way that our democratical process works rather than every four years. And if I was to say on an intimate level of where that's come from, it's 100% came from the work that I've done Mm. at the Bissell Center, Mm. truly understanding the value that if you listen and understand what the problems are, And then you utilize those inputs of people that say, you know what, this is how we need to go about changing something Mm. like this. Or from a personal perspective saying, you know what, this is how we need to address this problem. You have far more buy-in and you have far more um, opportunity to follow through on those goals, working and supporting another individual. Mm. um, If that's, if they've come up with the idea and the solution.
0: There's a quote out there. It says, uh, you know, I, 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 it's not that I don't care about my losses. It's I don't respect my losses. I focus on my wins. However, the losses always kind of equate to the win. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's all about the journey. It's not about the end. How do you, what do you have in place in your life that holds you true? Like really true to your mandate, really true to your core beliefs. The moment you step in City Hall mm-hmm. and you got, you know, your, you know, your, your peers sitting there. Um, how do you stay true to yourself, especially when the red tape and the bureaucracy kicks in? Cause there's a lot of that in politics. Um, and you know, just remember, I think people in, you know, hopefully they agree in your, in your ward, but nobody's electing a politician, mm-hmm. you know, in October they're electing a person, right? Right. Then you become the politician yeah, but right yeah, now. Yeah. You're the person. Yeah. So what, what, what keeps you grounded and what's going to keep you focused?
1: Hmm. Uh, I like to, and I don't know if that's contradictory to say, but I like to consider myself uh, a humble person Mm -hmm. and uh, remain in that aspect. Part of the the prior question as well is that uh, um, my attitude is that I enjoy, and and I think it was actually, uh, I forget the quote of where it came from, but if you're not spending your time supporting or serving Mm -hmm. someone else... um, it's, it goes in the regard of that, you know what, that's the main purpose of why we're here. Mm. And so I truly believe that um, in serving others yep. and uh, being a public servant, I think, you know, putting yourself out there is one of the most, uh, I've got a huge respect now for anyone who decides to put their <laughs> name in there and, yeah. uh, and whatnot, but... In terms of how to stay grounded, my other favorite quote is: "Your mind is like a parachute; mm. it works best when opened." Mm. And at any point where I start to think that I have the right answer or that I know what is best, just like any other uh, individual, sometimes who gets into office and you start creating that mm-hmm. uh, ability to separate yourself from the people. Mm-hmm. Um, luckily, I have tools and uh, uh, things in place that allow me to remain accountable to that process. Okay, and so uh, at such any, as. Such as, uh, I'd say, like our uh, online tools, yeah. our online software, and then any kind of engagement process through the... But just
0: as a person, get yeah. off the get off the technology stuff. Sure, yeah. Just as a person, what's key, What's going to keep you grounded as Eli? No computers, no nothing yeah. Yeah. in your yeah. life. Because we have to know that, you know, and again, I'm not running for politics, but I'm I'm a taxpayer and, yeah. you know, blah, blah, blah. But I have to know that... You leadership to me is always hey if we know that our city council is going to war for us mm-hmm. we want to make sure that they're grounded number 1 yeah, yeah. number 2 we want to make sure that they don't overcommit or they're not too emotional in the sense where they make business decisions based on emotion Right. you make that based on emotion it might not turn out the way you want it so yeah. Eli how do you stay grounded And how do you stay level, man? Especially, and I mean, you know, you've been door knocking. I'm sure you've heard kind of all kinds of stuff Mm. and rejection. And I'm sure your skin and beard is a lot more thicker (laughs) at the end of the day for it. Um, But what's keeping you grounded? Well, the biggest thing, I guess, uh,
1: um, when you say the skin is is thicker is that I have been fortunate enough to realize that... uh, um, when people are passionate or when they come at you with, you know, different comments or, or things like that, that it's, it's, there's something there, mm. but it's, uh, it's not personal towards you. It's mm. how do you ask the right questions to be yeah. able to understand, uh, you know, what that individual is going through, yeah. how myself, uh, um, bounce back or, or be able to go through that is realizing that you and know, all that I'm, I'm going to do the best with, uh, um, representing as, as I can. And uh, I want to make sure that there are, are, are steps in place. But, you know, it's a interesting question. I guess I've always been fortunate enough that... Um, it is a great question. It is. Self-awareness. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, I have always considered myself to be a balanced person and ensuring that, you know what you're only as good to someone as you are as well, taking care of yourself. Sometimes that uh, gets slipped during a campaign mm-hmm. season. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. I make sure that, you know what, you need to uh, um, keep yourself mm-hmm. in line if you want to be as effective as possible. I think that I am fortunate enough that I'm surrounded by uh, a wonderful family mm. and uh, mm. friends that you know truly can take mm-hmm. me aside to say that, you know what, um, either you're getting too caught up in this right now or that uh, at the same sense... Uh, is this truly representing who you are? Absolutely. And so, uh, I have wonderful supports in my life that have, are, are, you know, really supporting this campaign as well. And, uh, so I'd say I, I always rely on people around me and, uh, I will always as much as possible, make sure that the, the main thing is, is that I'm here to serve individuals mm. and I'm here to listen. And yeah. I'd say listening is my passion. It's, mm. it's, uh. As, you know, maybe cheesy as that sounds, running for office. No, no. But uh, if there's one thing that I enjoy, it's more uh, gaining understanding of someone. And Mm. whether or not they are uh, upset or excited or passionate or whatnot, Mm. um, I still enjoy having that ability to connect.
0: Absolutely. Uh, Rapid fire. Uh, Question number one. Besides winning the election, what's your number one goal?
1: Besides winning the election... So... The biggest thing with our campaign is, as I've kind of mentioned as well, that there is a tool that allows us to collect data is that regardless of winning or not we will have um, a very thorough report at the end of this Mm -hmm. so uh, to indicate what it is that Ward 8 is most passionate about things that they see that you know either we need to change or we need to maintain and and what we really like about the area so regardless is that we're going to be able to start having an actual dent in how our decisions are made and regardless if elected we will have um, a report that whoever goes forward in city council with Ward 8 will have some kind of, uh, uh, will have a very good report that you know what, people can either choose to hold them accountable to, they can utilize in making their own decisions, or uh, or I guess just ignore. <laughs> mm. But my idea of what I wanted to choose or what I wanted to do is once again, change the way and start that uh, process on how we want to make sure democratic processes are continuing on yeah. on an ongoing basis. And I think Edmonton's a great place to start. Yeah. And uh, I think that's ultimately what my, my old goal is, is bringing more awareness of how we can start doing more effective decision-making.
0: Okay. Question two, what is the number one thing that drives you? Number one thing that drives me is uh, um, having the
1: opportunity to partake in something like this, where I can truly demonstrate that I am wanting to, serve the community that I'm part of, serve the city that I've come to
0: love. Um, one word. Give me one word answer. What is the one thing that drives you? One word maximum. Serve two. Okay. okay. Three, proudest moment personally. Besides this? <laughs>
1: it could be anything you want. Proudest moment personally. Yeah, yeah no, I would say the fact that uh, I'm fortunate enough to be in a position where I am uh, a young candidate uh, who has people around him and and experiences that have allowed me to believe in myself Mm. that I'm able to contribute to my city.
0: Perfect. Uh, Biggest professional accomplishment?
1: I um, have helped uh, develop many proactive approaches to addressing homelessness within Edmonton that have uh, proven to be very cost-effective as opposed to any of our reactive approaches um, that have now been recognized within... uh, um, the city as well as, uh, um, yeah, throughout the city that have been really recognized as being a very more better approach on how we want to address our homeless
0: issue going forward. Okay. Perfect. Um, how do you define success?
1: I define success on how well you uh, handle loss. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I, like uh, I like that. I
0: like that. I like that. Okay. Uh, what are you scared of? What am I scared of? Ooh,
1: that's a. What am I scared of? I am scared of, of making sure that I find that appropriate balance of um, giving something my full and thorough attention while also remaining true to myself while at the same time making sure that uh, I am being as effective as possible.
0: Mm, okay, I like that. Do you have a role model?
1: Uh, yeah, I do. I would have to say uh, it's definitely my father.
0: Okay. You know? What is the least favorite thing? uh to do for you that you hate least favorite thing to do uh waste
1: food i am a food guy and if i ever have delicious food that uh, i never get around to eating that drives me nuts
0: okay okay <laughs> when you think of edmonton what's the first thing that comes to mind
1: um when i first think of edmonton uh so i would definitely say the the, the ward that i live in is my piece as yeah. political as that sounds but yeah. uh, i would definitely say that that um heritage aspect of not only White Ave, but then the uniqueness of the university and River Valley. Like, that's where I spend all my time. Okay. And, uh, yeah, so that's that's automatically what I think of.
0: Okay, cool. Um, when you think uh, one piece... Uh, I mean, I guess the way I'll frame the question is one piece of advice you would give someone who's scared shitless? Just petrified.
1: Stay uh, 100% true to yourself. I always say that... Uh, um, You'll never be disappointed as long as you continue to follow through with what you believe in.
0: Okay, I like that. Um, Is there anything else you would like to say to Facebook Live, to iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Google Play, and the social media digital sphere? You know, I would say the biggest thing is
1: that... um, you know this is a, a big change in in what uh, um, how government acts and it only is successful as uh, people are willing to uh, become involved in it and mm. I know that talking to people doors you know when asking them what they, they they want or or what they appreciate they're passionate about um, you know they are already kind of shut down being mm. like you know it you're not going to be able to do anything anyways. And I hate the fact, because in my mind, that's a loss. And, you know, there's potential and there's, there's opportunity there if that person believed that, you know, the city could rally behind them and support them, uh, you know, and, and truly make that difference. So I'm saying, you know what, I'm, I'm putting the neck out there of saying, you know this is in my mind, how we go about changing this democratic process, but it really does uh, also be a two-way street on, you know, mm. what, if you believe in it, then get involved in it.
0: Mm. And uh,
1: if you see, if you if you like what this campaign's doing, check us out. We're at electeli.ca. Mm. Uh, come check out Gus as well if you see him driving by. Uh, come in for a coffee, have a chit-chat, whatnot. And, uh, and then most importantly is uh, don't forget to vote on October 16,
0: 2017. Beautiful. Okay uh everyone facebook uh please go on and make sure you look at the comments afterwards because people have some questions uh this has been a special edition of the Reinhold show podcast city of edmonton 2017 election uh eli i really wanted to have on Uh, i really like the rv i like that you are the food truck of of candidacy offices but no really i appreciate your time i know you're busy um from me to you i think what you're doing is fantastic I think it's nice to see um, somebody who's younger, uh, who's you know really really focused. And I always say, no matter what happens, win or loss, it always it all really means the same thing. Yeah. And it's really fantastic. So um, again, uh, Ryan Old Show podcast. You can reach out to me. You know how to do that. Thank you so much for listening, uh, Eli. It's tradition. We got to do three, two, one, boom. So uh, three, two, one, boom. Thank boom. you <laughs> so much, brother. Thank you. Thank you.